when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It's October 4th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 513. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Ricardo Contreras. Hello. Patrick Klopik. Hi. And Renata Price. Howdy. Uh, so... You know, we're coming back from a from a weekend, and over that weekend, uh, some some news broke, or at least someone broke some news from from I guess no longer inside ZAUM, uh, more like from very much outside ZAUM. Is that how we pronounce it? I've never had to I, like actually say it out loud before. Well, the slash makes ZAUM impossible, right? <laughs> I say ZAUM. Yeah, ZAUM. 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 That's a much cooler way of saying it than Z A U M. So yeah. I, I I I accept Zaum as our uh, as our, our new way sure, of saying Zaum. it. Sure, uh, So yeah, um, Pat, you want to explain what sort of set off this this news cycle and where things stand now? Uh, yeah, it's a little messy. Uh, you know, Disco Elysium, obviously a game uh, much liked uh, here at uh, Waypoint and much liked. And many other places, and you know, including had that really great moment at the at the Game Awards. Um, you know, when you get shout outs to Karl Marx on the stage of the Game Awards, you know, a game is built uh, a little different. Um, and so that game was not just a critical success, but uh, enough commercially that the uh, you know that's going to transform the the culture of of any studio. And so we may be seeing uh, some indications of that uh, over the weekend. There was a Medium post um, from. Uh, one of the developers, uh, I, someone else may have to explain the clarity for, for me on this. There is a culture. What is the the cultural? So, there are two organizations. Ren, we def- hold on. I'm getting our, our disco Elysium expert. We are patching in <laughs> now. Ren, take it away. Uh, there are two entities in place here. Zaum Studio, the game development studio, which has investors and like a finance board, blah, 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 has a, is a company. And then there's Zaum Cultural Collective, uh, which is a loosely organized group of artists with a um, like coherent uh, ideology and like mission statement. Is right? it the entire? St- no, all the developers that made the game. No, not mm. all of the developers who made the game, to my knowledge. Uh, but it is the chief creatives. Uh, so the. Uh, like we're talking composers, we're talking the novelist who wrote the original game uh, and uh, who was writing the sequel uh, and who also wrote a novel in Estonian that is being translated into English right now. That was one of the projects of the Cultural Collective was translating the novel that was written by the Disco Elysium writer set in the same universe uh, into English. 
Uh, and from what I understand, the people who left Zaun's studio uh, did so involuntarily, uh, as it says in the in the little release. Uh, and then it is a voluntary um, uh, dissolution of the cultural collective, which is basically them going like, all right, cool. We want to keep working together, probably. But this thing we're doing called Zaum, we cannot fuck with it anymore um, after we were ousted from the studio. Uh, and the direction that it's going in is not uh, compatible with our like core beliefs. And so cultural association gone, chief creatives of Disco Elysium gone from the game studio. And to be clear, that is so the person who set this all off was Martin uh, Luiga uh, yeah. posting a medium. But Robert Kurvitz, uh, Helen uh, Heinpair and Alexander Rostov apparently are also out at the studio. Yes. And as I understand it, they are uh, like the regardless, like they were the leads on Disco Elysium. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and there have been implications in a couple of follow up tweets uh, that a lot of it uh, or some of it was um, on account of business practices and like intended strategy for the sequel to the game uh, being completely incompatible uh, with those cheap creatives uh, and them pushing back against it. Uh, and the suspicion is that they were fired for pushing back against um, uh, a different path for the series to take. Um, or at least that's what um, Luiga suggests. Yeah. Unfortunately, the lack of details here make it really it, it, like in a, in a broader sense, not surprising that a game that becomes a commercial success that, I mean, you look at Disco, it's like a creative miracle that it works as well as it does. You know, uh, you just it doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> that that a game like that even really happened. And so color me shocked that the moment more money becomes involved, this becomes a more difficult uh, thing, like a balancing act to achieve. Uh when you are also talking about a scale, scope, money, all increasing, like it is just those are tensions that are going to be at odds with, uh, especially if the the folks chief creatively involved wanted to, you know, like stick very firmly to uh, whatever their vision was for for the future of this. Um, those are natural tensions that I'm not I'm not super shocked that it broke. Yeah, uh, they have also said that the. There, the sequel could still come out, uh, per the person who dis dissolved uh, the cultural. I, I would, I would bet good money it comes out. <laughs> yeah, um, he was like, yeah, it might come out. It might even come out the way we intended it, but it will be additional years uh, before it does so, um, which is uh, unsurprising. That's what happens when your chief creatives uh, are ousted from your company. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's just like when you get details like involuntarily and then we're getting into hearsay and suspicion on Twitter. It's, yeah. it's, it's a little bit like the, when we were trying to pick apart the, the rock star thing before uh, we discovered it was a most likely a allegedly a 70 year old hacker is, is the lack of details. Uh, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, there's a good reason to think that these developers are probably, yeah. you know, in the right, but it with the lack of details does make it sort of, purposely muddy in a way that makes well, it difficult to parse what happened because also just like sometimes creative teams fall apart and that's what i mean yeah. like where disco elysium is like a minor like an incredible miracle that had happened like sometimes shit just happens <laughs> and and so this is this is the thing is like some of what i saw over this weekend like was a real collective anger over this uh including from like 
some people that I suspect should probably know a bit better uh, about like how cut and dried these things tend to be. Because ultimately, like nobody knows what happens inside of a workplace. Um, like they're incredibly complicated like dynamics and that goes double when you're talking about like a creative workplace like you could tell me that these folks um like you like if you told me that like zaum had a toxic founder culture that as the studio was growing we're not letting anybody into the circle and we're clearly like unready to like be part of a growing team and like you know we're like we're collaboratively on a, on a follow-up game if you told me that I'd be like, yeah, that totally tracks. If you told me these folks are like the geniuses behind Disco Elysium and the money people uh, just did not got sick of dealing with them and wanted like their more pliant employees to take the project over and kick these people out. I'd be like, add combat, yeah, that totally right? Tracks. Like, like yeah. you know, yeah. like, like all of that is very believable. Right. And here and here's the other thing. Multiple things can be true. And this yeah. and this well, is, usually like, is. Right. And and that's and that's the other thing that like we often don't know what is the secret sauce behind like a great creative achievement and and what is not. We like to think that uh, like we'd like to think that good works that that we enjoy are also virtuous works made by people who are good employers, but good collaborators, et cetera. But we, we really have no idea. And occasionally you'll you'll have people like trying to make the argument that good process produces good outcomes uh the good culture produces good outcomes we hope ultimately i think like in those cases we hope that all those things are true but we have ample evidence that like you know good uh like ethical compassionate companies and people can produce great work and they can also produce absolute shit and the reverse is also true and so when i look at this like i understand why people are really skeptical of whatever is happening at uh, Zaum, but also, I just I don't know uh, the fact that the, the fact that you know the the funny thing that you know even that uh, in his follow up tweets that you know that that Ren alluded to, uh, we uh, sort of acknowledged that they might be fine. Like the people we <laughs> the people that are left behind there might do a great job. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it cer- certainly indicates that it is not as cut and dried as. You know, take your vision and <laughs> hit the bricks, get lost. Uh, we, we really have no idea. And uh, like, I'm not saying people shouldn't be skeptical, but I'm very I'm very wary of uh, rushing to judgment about like what we think happened here. Well, hopefully it turns out if it ha- if it happens, hopefully, you know, the, 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 you know, when things like this happen, you, the best you can hope for is also the team that is left behind that is trying to move forward with the project for whatever reason, whether it's because they believe in it or don't have like a readily available option to switch off the project. You, you hope that they're able to put together something that they can be, be proud of. Um, and I don't know. I'll be curious to see that the messiness of this messiness of this does suggest to me that we will hear more about the messiness in, in, in the future. When you use a term, as purposely vague as involuntary, as opposed to saying fired or like there are words that are more specific. Involuntary leaves so much room for interpretation, which if you're being more cynical, like is the purpose like these are writers. They know they are using words on purpose. <laughs> um, uh, and and it, and it may be for justifiable aims. I, I you know, I, I that, that is that could absolutely be the case. But let it be known. 
we praised a game for its excellent nuanced writing, and then they're writing blog posts and tweets <laughs> using those same skills. Let us let us be clear that those those aims those arrows can be aimed in many different directions for for, for different reasons. Um, but as for like where that falls, I I'd be super curious to know. But like as is often the case, it's very rare that we actually find out what the the true nature of what's what's going on at the studio. If you know, my signal number is yada yada yada. Let's <laughs> just put it on medium. <laughs> you could put words anywhere. Dueling medium posts. No one's no one's gonna stop you if you put those words out there. We'll read it. That's true. <laughs> Sadly. Uh so having said all that about the unknowability of business and who knows what the future holds, Patrick, what does it mean that fandom acquired giant bomb at all? Man, hopefully I don't know. Uh, hopefully not worse. I think that is is usually so yes, fandom uh who all oh, right, what they, they run what is it? What's the wiki website, right? Fandom. Well, I mean, they they run a million. It's called Fandom, websites. isn't it? Isn't it right? Yeah. Okay. I guess that's. I guess maybe that's what I was trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Part, yeah. yeah. Fandom itself is itself like a giant sprawling, yeah. uh, like community wiki thing. Oh, oh um, I guess I, I guess Wikia might be the thing that you're talking about. Do they also own Wikia? I think they subsumed Wiki at some point, but the the website okay. is just called Fandom. That's now. why I was. That's that's where I was. That's where I was getting getting confused. Uh. Yeah, apparently last week they acquired uh, a number of of websites, and you know, including Giant Bomb, uh, Comic Vine, which was also part of uh, the Whiskey Media back when I was back with Giant Bomb before there was a sale to CBS, and various different websites got sold to different parts. Like I, Giant Bomb and Comic Vine went to CBS, Tested went to the oh, what was it? Uh, somewhere else. Anyway, there's a whole, th- those sites got kind of like sold off, uh, to a bunch of different places. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're like, Giant Bomb is, is just acknowledging it this morning because the news just, just came out. Um, but they were under, they've been sold from CBS to Red Ventures, which, uh, based on the musings I had heard over the years was not necessarily a great fit either. Um, but it's, the, it's the, it's, it is the nature of being at a media company that you, expect you are going to get sold and then it becomes a question of can the entire staff survive that transition uh what is at least encouraging for the folks at giant bomb well obviously i'm 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 closest with having worked there previously everyone like their titles transferred their salaries transferred everyone's employment status transferred none is that none of that is assures that is what things will be six months from now but frequently that transition is messy right from the get-go. Um, so that is at least a encouraging sign for people to be able to keep doing what they're doing. Um, but uh, I mean, look, like the reality is uh, I get a ping from like a Google alert at least once a month where Vice is in talks with XYZ with some sort of rumor about a buyout or a merger or a, what was the big one last year? SPAC. That was the big one that kept coming up with Vice over and over again. And in this job, you just sort of expect once you are part of a large media company, you might just be hot potatoed to another large media company. And, and all you can kind of really do is cross your fingers and hope either they don't know what to do with you and ignore you, uh, which you can get by. Maybe not have resources, but get by uh, or hopefully they ha- understand what you're trying to do and trying to help you accomplish it. So that's. Certainly what I'll be crossing my fingers for, for all the folks at Giant Bomb. 
and everyone else that got acquired in that. There was a, a bunch of other websites. Yeah, see, like it certainly seems like I think a lot of us are skeptical of change in general because it's so rarely for the good. Right. But the Red Ventures situation seemed untenable, right? Like this, yes. that that seemed like a situation that did need to end one way or another. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe this is into the fire, but but certainly uh, Red Ventures was a frying pan. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the nature, you know, it's just I don't know this will be better. It might be worse, but hey, reset the clock, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully another six months before I have to worry about my my job again. That's usually the the time currency that this stuff <laughs> works at. You move over and you got about six months before things get get stressful and hairy again. But, you know, Giant Bombs made it through at this point a number of these transitions and that new staff over there has been doing some really cool shit. So, yeah. I am I'm I'm hoping that the the folks there will will find value in that and allow them to to keep doing that. Yeah, uh, I suspect like a lot of the cynicism about it probably does come stem from the fact that like, you know, there was I feel like a few years ago we've we haven't talked on the show about uh, I don't know the way the, the the enclosure movements that have happened across the Internet. But like uh, fan wikis were in our like a beautiful thing. Right. Uh, but like. Phantom is one of the companies that really did sort of <laughs> privatize all of that. Commercialize it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 also make the experience worse, right? Like there's there's also no oh, by all accounts, that. like yeah, that's what people are so worried about, especially with Giant Bomb, which is itself a was founded as a database slash wiki, like, you know, sort of like data repository um, alongside a, a games uh, sort of like editorial website. And it's like, oh, no, <laughs> if if Giant Bomb was to get fandomed uh like in terms of its design that would be absolutely for the worst you know uh part of what's been incredible giant bomb over its many years is that it's managed to maintain that part of the website which is an under i mean for a long time giant bombs like database was uh, was underpinning twitch like when you were looking up games that you were playing uh you know like associating that tag for a stream like that was coming from giant bombs database until um they, they got their own sort of like stuff set up. But uh, well, this is, so like that, that's a part that I've always I, I will need to have explained to me, I think, slowly and clearly, because I was I was looking at uh, Next Lander a few months ago and they're talking about, you know, back during the CBS I acquisition, mm-hmm. the tech base went one place and then the, the content went to CBS I. Um, but yeah, like, their yes, like there tech was, was like pretty valuable and was not part of that acquisition for whiskey, correct. Whiskey. I think we had we had to rebuild. There was a big giant bomb relaunch, which essentially we kept, if I recall correctly, we kept a number of the coders and no. um, uh, and like folks came over and that essentially had to, I mean, for them, I actually, if I remember that era correctly, they really enjoyed this part because it was a chance to essentially like redo all the work you'd done before with all the lessons that you'd had before. So yeah. the stuff got sold, um, but then also you're able to do kind of a 2.0. Um, and so there was a big giant bomb pull this you know like you know move the switch to yep. to bring the database over i think i remember us doing a big live stream about that at some point so yeah like that was essentially the the pitch on giant bomb in the in the early years was uh the editorial is the attraction that gets people to a data set and a technology that you could commercialize and essentially alongside the subscriptions like that's how you would have a business Right. It's and rarely, no, no, that's, rarely that simple. Been, we will find we will find the fandom that has a widely used like reference page and such. We will just buy the reference page 
right cover in ads and we will generate no content uh and and sort of rake that in, would be rake in the rob that you wow way, way to describe an apocalyptic scenario for the website giant bomb <laughs> yeah um well but yeah but that's the thing i i i wonder if that 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 database would be of interest enough to to a fandom to to make it worth all the the bad will and 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 the, the i mean they're this. just a debt i mean at this point fandom is mostly just like a data acquisition company right like they're just no. hoovering up so uh it's you're but right like, like maybe maybe it's not it's not not necessarily worth it we I, wouldn't I even no need idea. to do this if wikipedia just opened the floodgates for fictional universes and esports <laughs> and we could all just be in wikipedia and people wouldn't be like is this really relevant yes it is yes it is we need to know about who this character is in star wars thousands of people need to need to look up the history of this little character and their appearances in dark horse and uh you know the the eu novels that's that's where mm. we need to get to <laughs> um i because i remember this this like there's a wave when i would cover esports one of the things that's always kind of a there's liquipedia which is sort of your indispensable uh, like reference page for like the history of esports stuff but like one thing it didn't cover extensive there were games that did not cover extensively and so you'd have fan wikis doing that work elsewhere and it was like there were a number there was a period of years there where it was just like you kept having splinter factions breaking off being like a bunch of assholes took over our fan wiki for the history of our esport and we're like ruining the site and plastering ads and also nobody was seeing any money on it we're going to make a pure simple for the fans like reference page that just like it's in it for the love and then you know a year later you you'd hear they got acquired or once again the people in charge were like you know we can make a lot of money for ourselves off this um with you know with the effect that uh you know you end up with you 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 end up with like really no great reference pages uh to to visit except ones that uh yeah just just are miserable uh and slow browsing experiences uh but yeah fingers crossed for for everyone involved that in that acquisition uh hopefully like hopefully they don't mess with the the content side too much and it's 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 just a a transfer of ownership to an owner that will have a slightly better clue of what to use right yeah i mean yeah yeah the, the best spin you can give on it is that at least they are interested in the data which is like a huge part of what that website is. Uh, and and maybe that, I don't know, maybe, maybe some way that's that, that allows them to, to stay on stable footing going forward. Um, if their previous owners just sort of looked at this weird subscription website and went, I'm not sure what to do with this. I seem to be making, I, I keep, I'm making a pattern of doing this, Rob. I keep finding me to my jobs like that. What am I doing? <laughs> you're working in this era is, yeah, is what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I mean, like, that's the part of the thing is like getting into the media industry right now as someone who is very new to it is that like I there was a there was a day there was a day a few weeks ago where I was like, oh, I wonder if I could like help people out. And then immediately like uh, there were layoffs at like half the pl- like places that I worked previously. And I was like, cool, I'm deleting that. Don't do don't do don't do this. It's basically jumping from sinking ship to sinking ship. And sometimes you get to the sinking ship and you're like, Jesus, I hope this ship sinks. And other times you get to the sinking ship and you're like, oh, this is a really cool ship. And you have no way of too knowing. bad at sinking. Yeah, exactly. You have no fucking way of knowing. They're all sinking. That's the, that's the problem. It's just a matter of how many holes have been plugged. And if, and if you can notice it day to day. Um. So, Patrick, there's one one last like quick blip I wanted to hit, which is that mm. uh, has the time already come 
for a Horizon Zero Dawn remaster? Yeah, there's uh, some really credible reports coming out of Gamatsu and some other uh, folks that, well, apparently Gamatsu alleges that there is just like a document full of a bunch of (laughs) announcements that some people are just sitting on uh, and which I presume will then come out probably by the time we publish this uh, a podcast. But uh, one of them is that there is a uh, Horizon Zero Dawn uh, remake slash remaster. It's unclear exactly what the scale of that is. It could be, I suppose, as simple as just a, hey, we're porting this properly to PS5 with an uncapped frame rate and runs at 4K sort of thing. Um, but it follows, uh, follows a model in which Sony just did with The Last of Us. Um, and at this point is if, if this, you know, holds up and there are lots of indications to suggest that it will, that it's a pattern of Sony very quickly revisiting existing releases and releasing them as a full-fledged product with some uh, relatively minor technical upgrades. I mean, The Last of Us did some real work. I don't want to diminish the, 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 the like that, that looks gorgeous. Um, I don't know if it's $70, $70 gorgeous, but uh, it's, it's a really well done update. Um, and it seems like more broadly tied to Sony's goals going forward, which is like Last of Us has a TV show coming out next year. Uh, Horizon has a TV show in development at uh, Netflix. No idea how Netflix, famous for doing very expensive things that look cheap, is going to do a CG dinosaur show. I have no idea how they're going to pull that off. Um, they have a Twisted Metal show that just wrapped up production, and the, the rumors are that there is a Twisted Metal game also in production. I would take a Twisted Metal Black update. That game was sick. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it makes sense from a marketing perspective, but it, it certainly introduces new wrinkles in what was established by The Last of Us of at what point when are we leaving games behind, letting games become like part of the generation they were a part of the tech they were a part of? Um, I don't know. It's just a lot of really interesting questions about what does it mean for a game to age? Um, because Sony seems to, to very quickly want to bring it back to the, to the forefront in a way that uh, other companies don't do nearly at the pace that they, that they are currently structuring things. I will say like it, on the one hand, it seems a little ridiculous to me because the game isn't that old and the PC release was was really good. But then on the other hand, like having just seen MK play them both like back to back, I kind of get it. Like it seems less preposterous to me than it, it would have if I, if I like I were coming to this with with without that frame of reference. But like. Uh, Forbidden West does so completely seem like, yep, and here here is what we were shooting for the entire time as like a like a fulfillment of what the direction was uh that like horizon zero dawn looked great uh and like does it need this no could it benefit from it a little bit could it would it be would it be i think i think some of the issues like is some of the some of the present like xbox has sent of like hey you bought a new you bought a new console it runs it better we'll find ways to just have it run better yeah. And you'll get that as a, a premier benefit of just a thing we're going to do for you because the hardware affords it. Whereas Sony's thought is, well, we'd love to charge $70 for it. So I, I am with you. Like I, if I had not played the original horizon, why wouldn't I want to play that? Like in the best possible fidelity. I don't, Yeah, it doesn't seem like jumping uh, zero dawn from PS4 to PS5 at like, you know, 4k uncapped frame rate. You're not like betraying how the game looks, you know what I mean? Right. Like it doesn't feel like it's an artistic betrayal as much as it just makes 
the existing thing run uh, better. I think the question becomes like, because of it's almost uh, it's pretty closely connected to how Sony is choosing to operate as a company, which is we do these really big games that are big and expensive. And so we have to charge you $70, even if it's just a recent game that we uh, released uh, across the span of time, because there's no other way to justify our business model than to, to get you to pay 70 bucks. Of course, at the end of the day, if people, if people pay 70 bucks, they'll pay 70 bucks. And I, my guess is the last of us did pretty, pretty well. And probably yeah. sort of, Though like I, I am not sure horizon is in that last of us tier no. in terms of like willingness to get people to like hop back aboard. You know, that's it's more like, popular than you think, but not yeah. as popular as last of us is what I, is, is what I would say. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think that the odd thing about horizon is that like the people I know who are, who are big into horizon, would have no interest in 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 getting the kind of re- remake or remaster that um, that Sony does, right? People who play The Last of Us want some, people who are big into The Last of Us, like deep deep into The Last of Us, will be like, oh yeah, I want the higher fidelity version. I the people I know who have finished Horizon and liked that game and were excited about it uh, just want to play the the new one as opposed to. That but I think remaster. like so, if you look at the most recent data point of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, a game that. I am now yeah. very close on the edge of. I think I want to finally play yep. that game. Me like too, Dad's Patrick. Day Off, I'm, I'm part right two with might you, be I'm Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. So really, the anime is fucking sick. Um, uh, and anyway, like that game broke its uh like concurrence uh, on Steam, outpaced The Witcher three. Um, The Witcher itself being a series that benefited from having a TV show that was got really popular in Netflix, and you know, Cyberpunk is a these are like really good evidence of essentially <laughs> justifying Sony's thought going forward of uh, I don't think they care if the horizon heads want to play the re- like the remaster. Their thought is when that is trending on Netflix's yeah. like bar, like yeah. big on Netflix this week is horizon right. for th- two or three weeks. Well, <laughs> they're going to they're going to then. And the thought, and I believe that one of the oh, this can't, I think this was a rumor at some point that there might be some sort of like cloud integration with netflix at some point we're like what if instead of you know uh, you know buying that on playstation you could pay extra within the netflix app and then start playing horizon zero dawn through like the now pretty decent cloud streaming tech and so i think their thought is we want the best version looking version of this at that point old enough game that people may have higher expectations after they've watched the tv show and then that benefits the whole cycle of things in a way that um is ultimately cheaper than producing new content I don't know. Given what Netflix productions can achieve, maybe you want to show them the older version of the game and not a remaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know how they're going to do that show. It doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Um, the 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 scale of the money you would need to do a Horizon show properly is is just to well, they're only they're only all they can do is just not show the the creatures. <laughs> like every time you show the creature, it's just you're going to need money on the screen. But uh, yeah, I yeah I. I'm really close to wanting to play Cyberpunk. I don't have time for it. So that is very much like, hey, people seem to like those Elden Ring streams. Want to watch me play eight hours of, of Cyberpunk for, for two months? Because that might be on the horizon pretty soon. Can I sneak that in before Destiny did you, in January? Um, I'm fascinated did you, by it. Did you say that you had a save already? Or did you not start at all? I played like an hour of that game on like four different platforms to see how the tech stuff worked out uh-huh. uh rob you played that from yeah. start to finish right yeah you yeah. reviewed it um and then the response was so 
that I was, my thought was I'll just wait until this game hits true 1.0. Like Mm. I'll give it however long it's going to take until it's in a, a better place. Uh, Say what you will about CD project red and plenty of uh, proper criticism should be uh, handed towards, especially their management and how they handled that game's development and crunch. And that is all true, but it's also a studio that supports their stuff and will keep working on it. And so I was pretty like, pretty clear the project would continue and that there'd be a moment where not it would become, I don't know, a masterpiece or whatever, but it would be like, all right, this is sort of, this is, is what this game is. Like it's a good time to come in if you want to exa- examine it for what it is. And I mean, I adored Witcher three and especially the blood and wine expansion so much that I've, I've wanted a reason to come back to actually play cyberpunk. And so now really feels like if, if there was a time there's DLC coming out early next year, like now is the time to, See what that whole thing is about. I've certainly been tempted to see how it's developed since it came out, but like for me, there's the there's a weird thing here where I'm like, it was the negative reaction to it was like also outsized to what the game was, and so I'm also like I'm skeptical of the like if there's a well, Cyberpunk is good now. I suspect it's very much it's it's what it was like like warts and all, uh, but what it is not dominating the story at this point is tech issues on mm. like like around poor optimization um which did seem way more than co- like you know in our episodes we we heard way more content critique but it did seem like what gut shot that launch was the uh just like the quality of the release yeah, bad storytelling has not forced sony to take it down from the storefront and start right. issuing yeah. refunds <laughs> The the line that I will always remember from that game, which I'm sure is still in there, is is the phrase that wound looks pizza wreck awful. And I've been thinking about that line for I would say the last year and a half. And I don't <laughs> think you I don't want them to fix that line. It's Listen, no, don't, don't fixing. Doesn't need fixing. Leave it. Only only a coward removes the phrase pizza wreck awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, Mina. Thank you, Mina. I think I think that was dog uh, talk for Patrick. Yes, you should play Cyberpunk. So with that, let's take a quick break, uh, and we'll be back in the second half of the show to talk about some games we've been playing. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right, Kato. <laughs> what? I've been burned before. Why do you? Why did you say it that I way? I have been burned before. I, hold on, I, I played By a different. Oh, I played wow. a different game. If you want to pivot really quickly, I didn't put no, it into no, the no, no, no. Okay. Let's let, no. Right. Wow, you're right. you're gonna make right. him do. Th- he put look, Kato. At any point, you could have you could have gone into Asana and removed this. I should have. I should have. Well, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We can talk about it. <laughs> Pokemon Unite. Yeah. 
new map <laughs> makes the game completely different. Kato, do you feel now that you've had a couple uh, days to think on it? Yeah. I think you feel it makes the game completely different? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's an untrue statement. Um, it's just maybe a shorter hit than uh, we than we than I originally thought. But um, for the longest time, um, I mean, for the first year of its existence, Pokemon Unite had this issue where it felt like a large portion of the 10-minute uh, match time, like easily seven minutes of it, kind of didn't super matter. Uh, the mm-hmm. way that this is set up is um, kind of in a traditional MOBA sense. There's uh, two lanes and a like jungle area. And in yeah. the lanes, there's these little score points uh, where you're supposed to dunk points. And after a certain amount of points are gone, you destroy that, 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 uh, the, that score zone. Um, and whoever has the most points at the end wins. So you would expect as the game like progresses, you should be scoring a bunch because that's ultimately the objective of the yeah, game. Yeah, I feel like you'd want to be like neck and neck between the teams, like accumulating the points. It didn't fucking matter. It absolutely did not matter. Because at minute two, two things happened. First, uh the the every point suddenly became worth double. And oh, okay. a Zapdos, a legendary uh legendary bird, appeared in the um appeared in the center of the the map and just you would uh, if you would kill it, it would give you instant scoring, uh, which basically meant any of the points that existed, you would go up and you can instantly score in like a split second where normally if you have like 50 points is usually the the cap on what you get at the end of the game. It would take a full like you would have to stand there for like uh, like five seconds. And if anyone hit you in those five seconds, you would be interrupted now when you hit hit Zapdos, you suddenly got a bunch of points, even even if you hadn't collected 50 up to that point. All points are doubled, so if you go dunk those, that's 100 points. Uh, And there's, like, five people on a team, so that's easily 500 points in, like, that. Which means that's enough of a swing that basically the first half of the game essentially didn't matter as far as scoring actual points. And people complained about this for a while. There were, like, back and forths about whether or not, like, well, the first half of the game does matter because what you're doing is you're leveling. And if you're not leveling correctly, you're less likely to win the fight that happens at Zapdos. Then there are still mechanics for, um, uh, um, like, that you have to pay attention to as far as, like, uh, are you, like, you know, are you, um, capturing the bottom, um, there's like a little, what was it called? Dreadnought. There's a Pokemon there that basically gave everyone on your team extra XP. So it would kind of give you an XP advantage over the other team. And it was very important to fight over that. But the rest of the like fighting over individual points felt, what, what felt like should have been the like main objective of the game felt less yeah. important until the very end. Um, And, you know, there were issues where like it was because it's a MOBA, the person who gets the last hit on the Pokemon gets the credit for it. So, like, if you weren't careful and there was one of the enemy, like, was still alive and kind of wandering around, they could, like, snipe Zapdos and then it would turn completely in the opposite direction. And that felt like, okay, it came down to this one person timing one attack very well instead of, like, it came down to, like, all the other choices that you've made through that match. Right. So... So the new map. The new map. They've made... they've 
first of all changed the like the 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 structure of the map it feels a lot bigger even though they're still using the same like sort of map layout there's uh, a little bit more room for people to kind of um sneak up on other people there's a lot of more of invasions of the jungle going on where people before the if you're in the jungle you're kind of safe to uh kind of ignore the rest of the game and level up by yourself but now there's a little bit more space to maneuver and people are uh you know chasing other uh, junglers down uh over the over the time they change the pokemon that appears in the center at the end of two minutes like that still happens where it's like two minutes is up now points are doubled but instead of it being zapdos they put in rayquaza which is a different legendary um and essentially the power that it gives you is not instant scoring where you just walk up and you hit hit the button and instantly all your points go in they've given you a shield that is a percentage of your health which allows you to go up and score and like people can hit you and if you still have that shield up that means that uh you won't be interrupted until that shield is gone um but this is very important because that shield appears the second that that pokemon goes down and that pokemon is in dead center of the map which means from you moving from the dead center to the outer like to all the points they can people if the other team is still around uh they can you know uh uh burn away that shield before you even get in within scoring distance, you know? So what's, what's changed is like that is no longer a guarantee where it used to be, if you got Zapdos, you were basically guaranteed hundred percent to have won that match. Uh, which means that now everything prior to the last two minutes, actually there's a lot more fighting happening over points. Um, it's kind of swapped. It used to be that, the Pokemon on the in the bottom lane that people would fight over that would give everyone a little bit of extra XP and it's like well the XP is what matters right now because um, the points won't matter anyways and the top in the top one there was one called um, uh, what was its name Rotom uh, it's a ghost Pokemon and basically it would kind of walk down the lane whoever whoever killed it it would walk the opposite way down the enemy's lane and it would give you that instant scoring. But people saw that as un- unimportant because, again, scoring before two minutes was like nobody right. cared. Now, scoring before two minutes is really important. So that top Pokemon it actually gets uh, sees a lot of play. Like, there's now more choices to be made whether which of the, if you're going for the top lane Pokemon or the bottom lane Pokemon, uh, like that spawn, like every so often. Um, you're getting a lot more play around the all of the map instead of people kind of like, turtling up and uh like uh just leveling for the first like uh eight minutes or whatever and it feels like this is the game they meant to make the first time around and for some reason it just took them a year to be like okay let's change things yeah um but it's really it's it's become a much more engaging 10 minutes like where before it was like a very breezy almost in a different way uh uh with these with these map dynamics, is it edging closer to like being what Hears of the Storm was in the space, uh, as you know, as opposed to the the big two? Yeah, I mean, it it definitely feels like it's going to end up taking some of that space. It 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 it, it kind of depends on the like, you know, it's part of the reason Hears of the Storm hits also is that there was a big enough fandom around Blizzard games that like people were like, oh yeah, I want to see all these Blizzard characters. At least that was the theory. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. I do think it is 
it hews closer to uh, more traditional kind of cadences of of MOBA, where you know fighting in lane matters. Like uh, there's more of a, a structure to those early minutes than than there used to be. So um, it could very well. I mean, it's it's a good direction at least um, as far as the, the the balance changes that they've made. So it's like it feels like it's in a very healthy spot now, um, where before it was like. Are they ever going to change the map? It took them a whole year to to finally do something about this issue, which was identified pretty early on. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. It's been a, a couple months, and so far, uh, the community in general has been like, "Yeah, this is a much more interesting game now." Mm-hmm. You know what else is a game changing thing to do? Mm. Uh, changing the field of view on Asanza. Just, just FYI, just to oh, check that. Can you elaborate on that? On that? Quick. Uh, yeah, so it turns out that I may not benefit from a 90-degree field of view mm. uh, in, in a game like Asanzo, uh, given that so much of it is at extreme ranges. Uh, I, uh-huh. I maybe just don't need to be able to see the entire Alpine range. Uh, <laughs> you know, when, I, when I'm fighting, I can't. It might actually be more helpful to be seeing what is in front of me. Uh, you thought about putting like on a VR headset so that you could like stand up from your desk and then also see everywhere around you. God, I wish, man. You play there are so, so much of that game is like trying to figure out the exact spot where like standing up from a crouch will like expose you perfectly and then like crouching will cover you perfectly. Uh, so there's there's a, a lot of that game is like trying to fine tune exactly where you're standing. Uh, been been playing a bit more of that. Um, it is. I, I'm, I'm having fun. I think though my my time with this coming to an end, I'm finding it excessively grindy is part of it. Mm. Uh it took me a shocking length of time to unlock hand grenades in this game. Um because like there is a so it's got like a battlefield style progression thing where like loadout stuff unlocks and you start with real locked up like loadouts. Like there's just not much that you can choose from in terms of your kit. And it's not just a matter of leveling up your overall character or your class profile, but it, it seems like there's ch- there's like challenges that you have to fulfill in order to get uh, like some of the unlocks. So before you could uh, get the hand grenades, not only do you have to be a certain level, but then once you achieved the level, you needed to go around bandaging people with bandages uh, and basically play medic and like. You know, I can sort of see where like, yeah, it's easy to play the game. This is not really a game where uh like death is so fast that being a healer is not totally useful in that way, right? It's just like you'll stand up, you get killed. Uh if if you've taken multiple hits and you're bleeding out, like chances are you're not going to be alive much longer. And uh anyone trying to help you out is probably going to get got too. And so it was just like one of those things where I am now just having to play in a way that makes no real organic sense just so I can get what I really need, which is grenades, mm-hmm. uh, because so much of this game, like you're you're running into a trench or a bunker full of dudes. You're all carrying bolt action rifles. The only way to like even the odds of that is to throw throw a grenade in ahead of you and follow it in. Uh, and so if you don't have that, you kind of just have to wait for other people to show up who, who have spent that time. Uh, so that's like, one thing's kind of putting me off it and two it it is possible that battlefield one is like whoa world war one aesthetics 
cool, right? And they are. But it, it is also like we're still going to have submachine guns and support weapons, all this stuff. This is we're like, still gonna have we're gonna have fun though. Yeah, we're gonna be a shooter. You know, we're gonna do the stuff you want to do. Like, yeah. like it's not fun to actually be in World War One. So like you know, yeah. you get the cool uniforms. But, but what if you're running around a trench with with a sawed off uh, double barrel shotgun? That sounds pretty neat, right? Uh, yeah, and so like that's that's how that game rolled. This is a lot like Battlefield One, and like it has a lot of the good things about it. But then it's just got that little bit of like, but we're gonna be realistic. And what that means is a whole lot of, you know, officers, whistles blow, people go charge out in no man's land. Everyone starts getting worked. Uh, <laughs> and then you're like, well, what's going to like, what's going to make the difference here? Um, people calling in artillery strikes and like tear gas and shit. Mm-hmm. That's what's that's what's going to turn this. And you start to get the sense of like. In a way, I don't get the sense in Hell Let Loose. There's times when, I, when I'm playing this where I'm like, I am basically cannon fodder in a little like tactics game. The, the officers on each team are playing against each other. And the rest of us are there to provide cool World War One flavoring. <laughs> I was going to say, last time you, you talked about the, the, the feeling that occasionally you were like getting on a, on a useful flank and like really like biting into enemy lines and, 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 and that feeling does that does do the officer abilities completely un have they started to completely undercut that feeling of like, ah, I'm a little rat and I'm in your pocket and I'm ruining your day because yeah, it's like, like oh, a little I'm bit, a little rat, like, but like you just there's, got hit with so, a there's so many times where you're like, you feel like, okay, I'm doing good work. I'm in a good position here. And then artillery just starts landing. And it like and, and like a lot. There's a lot of it. These are not like these abilities are necessary to break the, the game's tendency towards stalemate. Like I, right. I, I think in terms of that, the balance is okay. But yes, it does mean there's a lot of times where what you are doing just kind of ends up feeling a bit mooted uh by the fact that the officer can come here and like, okay, this area is uninhabitable. This area, there's gonna be no lines of sight. This area, like and and when you're not in that zone, uh, it can feel a bit like, okay, I'm here being a little foot soldier, but there's one sniper on the enemy team that just has an amazing field of fire and it's like not missing. Um, and so like a huge section of our position that we're supposed to defend is basically uninhabitable because nobody can hit this guy. He's, you know, he's like, he, like he is literally like a tiny little pixel in the distance um, you know, he can be spotted multiple times, but nobody can, nobody can seem to hit him. Uh, and so it's like, unless your team has another sniper who can like walk over here and do that counter snipe job, your respawns are basically just to become like target practice for, for that guy. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like there's, there's, there's still like decent fun to be had with the game, but like, I just sort of see my my time with it ending. Cause like, I don't think I'm going to invest the time to unlock more of the fun kit. Um, and just the overall structure of the game doesn't seem like it is all that much fun to play in every class. Whereas like hell let loose, I consistently felt no matter what class I was playing, I was doing cool stuff. Everyone just needs to take the Titanfall approach. Just take the Titanfall approach. Let people be the cool officers and the cool sniper, and then just have little foot soldiers be NPCs. It's fine. Yeah, you can you can have a foot soldier player class. Yeah, go for it. They can be sick as shit. Make them sick as shit. Uh, just like uh, th- there is a middle ground here where you get that authentic experience, 
authentic yeah. experience uh and you don't make it a, a horrible slog for everyone but the but like slur jeff who's sitting with his like really good rifle on top of the hill well um, and, and that's the other thing is i like the community i think in part because of just the way the game's dynamics are chat's not a happy place uh because even if the game's good like even if you're a good game like there's somebody having a miserable time and just starting <laughs> to lose their shit and i think the game is built to make you lose your shit how did okay but okay so is this expressed in the the normal i can't imagine the normal gamer bro is the kind of person who is playing this so what does it mean for someone to lose their shit in this game what is the pro like how is this expressed oh it's just standard like it's like Skins balance is a fucking joke, man. Like this, this is no like. There was one guy who, like, I, I guess you know he knows whereof he speaks because he was posting crazy numbers in terms of like he was an officer. He was just like murking my entire team, uh, and he's like, man, this game sucks. He's like, there's just no. He's like, there. It takes nothing to do this. Like this is the most like this game is just randomness, like pure randomness in terms of what's going on. And people are like, you're just being a hater, man. Like it's the, you know, it's not the game's fault that you suck. And I'm like, I tab over the score sheet and he's like, he does not suck. I'm, I'm looking at him. It's like this guy, like game this MVP. guy is single-handedly dismantling our team. Um, and, but like, so it, like, so the way it manifests is like, there's people who are just like, I can't handle the way this game is structured. This is fucked. And then you got the stands who are like, I just love that I'm playing my World War One game. Look what a what a cool setting this is. Well, that, so that's my that's my like on like the broader of what this game is trying to achieve. I mean, to a certain, to a, from a certain angle, the fact that it feels completely random, uh, and you're just an ant on a hill to be squashed. Certainly feels to line up with what it would be more, you know, if it's going for realism, like that's probably more what your experience would be like if you happen to unfortunately participate in this endeavor in real life does not necessarily make it conducive to a quote unquote fun experience. And so it seems like one of the things you're identifying here is a is a game that is, is you know, trying to go for a more realistic vent. Is that is it a design issue or is or do you feel it's it's fully intentional and designers are sitting there going, yeah, this is supposed to feel kind of shitty and weird. I think that's what I'm going for. I'm, uh, what I'm curious about is how much of this is also, how much of this is also a community that didn't want to be moved on from the previous games. You know, this mm -hmm. is game three uh, in this mm -hmm. series, and so I'm wondering if there's also a bit of, hey, we got Verdun to a good place, or we got Tannenberg to a good place, and like it all just worked. The mechanics and the setting like re like worked together well, and here. Uh, it just it, it isn't clicking as much. Uh, I, I don't know. For me, it kind of just seems like the game does what it what it says on the tin um, and, and and does it decently. And just some people are kind of losing the patience with the pros and cons of the choices they've made. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I and see I can see where they're coming from. Like This is probably why I'm bowing out of this game uh, is in part because like. I don't I'm not fully bought in on some of the experience uh, they're selling. And, you know, there's there's games that I think do do a better job of giving you a sense of of scale of your own smallness on the battlefield, the the sweep of the entire thing, but don't necessarily turn into um, these sorts of meat grinders. Um, which even Battlefield One uh, in places turned into that. And I guess you know maybe maybe that ultimately is uh, you know this is a game with a fairly low player count. 
Um, and to, like, sorry, not player count, but like, I think forty-eight people is the max in a, in a battle. Uh, Hell Let Loose, I want to say, is like sixty-four. Uh, might be a hundred. Um, yeah, I think I actually think it's a hundred. And so what Hell Let Loose can get away with is those battlefields are huge. Like those maps go on forever. Um, whereas here, they're kind of small matches. And it's two teams effectively attacking each other across a very wide alley, but it is still kind of an alley. Hmm. Um, and that's and, and that maybe is what is starting to get to me, certainly, and maybe what's getting to other people. But, um, you know, I mean, I still like I've 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 had my fun with it. I've, I think uh, it is it is a game worth checking out. Uh, I'm not saying it's it's bad, but I but I'm at the point now where I'm like, I can just see that like we're we're approaching the terminus of uh of my time with the game patrick you you we didn't get to this last week you've been playing a game uh desta yes uh this is the the new game from the the folks behind uh was it Ma- uh mountain mountain Ma- monument valley um and mm. a game that i adored from two years back alba a wildlife adventure game uh, about kind of exploring an island and planting trees. It was the the first game I played from start to finish with my kid, and it was I'd highly recommend going back and checking that out. It started as a Apple Arcade game and then came to I think pretty much everything uh, at this point. Um, and so this studio has yeah a new game called Desta: The Memories Between. It is currently available only through the Netflix app. Uh, you can get it on your phone and, 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 you know, tablets and I presumably on Android as well, but it is currently, I think buried is the appropriate term because I don't think people are going to the Netflix app to see what games like this. It's a communication issue that it's, go ahead. it's nearly impossible to find them. It feels like, like I went into the app when you said that I was like, okay, great. I'll go mm-hmm. download it. And like, there's a uh, kind of a section where you can see all of the like different, um, what's it called? Uh, genres, right? But in that list, there's no games. I just have to keep scrolling past the like homepage until suddenly one of the little like uh, crossbars mm. in Netflix was like, "We have games." By the way, like I'm sure there's nice. must be some other way to get to the games page, but it's I think not. You can't, I think, it's not obvious. <laughs> uh, because this was just like I was given an invitation to play, so I, I haven't gone through the actual formal process of downloading it like the average person would. But I believe I went into the. This came up with Into the Breach as well, where. Oh, finally, they've made what makes a ton of sense. Like a, uh, the, as soon as Into the Breach came out, boy, this game would be pretty cool on a phone or a tablet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they did it with Netflix. Um, and great. Like if that allows the budget for you to, to pull it off, like that, that's cool. Except that I remember, so I think they are accessible if like you're in like the app store and doing a search. But I, if I remember correctly with Into the Breach, cause I remember seeing a screenshot of this shared on Twitter. If you search for Into the Breach, it didn't come up. If you searched for Netflix into the breach, it came up. Um, and so like <laughs> super goofy yeah. uh, sort of stuff. Like wow. it's a, I mean, so, some of this is, you know, tied up in the, like the archaic and controlling and uh, uh, monopolistic uh, rules that Apple has for how their store runs. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. back when uh, Microsoft wanted to run cloud stuff through the app store at, they were said, let, 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 let us put a, a cloud app and then people can sign in and access their games. And Apple said, no, if you want to do this, you will put out a, a 
Master Chief Collection app, a Halo Infinite app, a Gears of War app, and then you will sign in individually. And Microsoft said, no, we'll just figure out how to run it through the web browser, um, which they did. So anyway, this is all just to say there is an increasing library of frequently quality games that are are kind of like in this Netflix ecosystem as they throw in another hail mail. Like, you know, a company that's having business problems, the thing they should do to try and find some proper footing is invest in video games, <laughs> which are quick turnarounds. Uh, you know, as you know, as we we're talking at the top of the show, famously easy to put together teams and just have everything work out long term. Oh like God. you're good to go. You just make a video game. Um, and so Netflix is yeah, they just bought a studio. I mean, they're they're doing stuff. So anyway, Desta is uh, Desta. The memories between the shortest explanation of what it is is a it's a tactical dodgeball game in which you are also emotionally trying to work out the the feel the complicated feelings you have about the passing of your father and how that's fractured a bunch of the relationships you have in the town that you're coming back to visit for the first time in a long time <laughs> like the 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 setting is you are you've come back your dad passed away some time ago uh it kind of broke you you left and sort of left all your relationships as they were pissed off a lot of people in the process uh and then when you come back you're not quite sure how to get back on the footing with like your mother, like friends, other people in your life. And so the game setup is that you go to sleep and then the tactics part is you working through your subconscious. Wait, it's like, dream dodgeball? Yeah, like you're, you're, wor- you're working like the, 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 the dreams of your subconscious working out how you should talk to the people in your life to hopefully repair the relationships oh. that you uh, have left kind of fractured yeah. um and on pause processing trauma is the dodgeball of the heart i'm always saying this <laughs> yes yes my therapist Just told me that the other day I preemptively cried. having uh conversations with other people that is an anxiety that i i can relate to a hundred percent uh well wasn't that the whole premise of that sh- that the, the show that everyone really uh the uh the rehearsal the or not Mulaney. uh yeah the, the hbo show the rehearsal, yeah, the rehearsal. yes um and so I don't know how well all that stuff works. It's pretty flimsy and loose is what I would say. Uh, it, it is it is not treating it super heavy, but I will say the like the it comes across more as window dressing than I would like. Uh, but what I will say is the tactics part, um, which is what you're going to spend most of your time interacting with, is like really neat and interesting. Uh, you have. Uh, you start out with just sort of like one character on the board. Um, you're moving them across uh, a grid uh, and you then pull your finger back, uh, which obviously feels like very good on like a touch screen. And you are flinging, I, I guess, a dodgeball. I, I don't maybe they they gave me like a proper noun at some point. That's like, <laughs> like what, what actually. Yeah. A dream <laughs> orb or or something. I don't I don't I don't know. Um, but like for all practical purposes you are you are throwing a dodgeball and so you you know that comes with all the things that you can imagine where you are you are you can fling that off of the the side of walls um there are like these great moments where so you, the, the balls appear like when, when you start uh in when you get dropped into an arena you don't start with one um they're like laid out on the map as like ammunition and they don't break they are just like a, a constant source of 
some, uh, like uh, a currency that the the player can grab and that enemies can also grab. Um, but they have physics associated with them. And so, like, for example, um, one of my favorite things to do is to maneuver my character right in front of somebody, just dead ass right in front of them. And if I line the shot up correctly, it doesn't always work because it's finicky in the way that it should be for a game that is physics based. If I throw it at them, the ball will just bounce back to me. And so then I could just, then I could just hit them again. Or, uh, there are like powers that are chain based. So let's say you've got someone, oh shit, like someone's maneuvering around the corner on them. They don't have a ball to, to toss, but you on the, uh, you have a character with a teleportation power. So you can uh. teleport your ass over to one of the balls, then whip it across the screen so they can catch it. And they've got one, one more, uh, like action point left. And so even though they weren't, they aren't anywhere near the ball, you can use the other powers to set them up, toss that shit across the way. If you're lucky, maybe you've got a perk that like adds an extra damage attack, like, um, on, on a throw. Like there are ones that play off of like, Hey, you actually want to spend some time like, tossing this between our friends in a circle before you like whip it at like a, a more powerful uh enemy um so all that stuff oh go ahead Ren. oh and that just all of that represents when you go to the group chat and you're like hey i'm about <laughs> to text my ex can we like can we workshop this message real quick can we like as a as a team kind of kind of work mm-hmm, on this one mm-hmm, before mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. i before i throw this dodgeball exactly there and we go. find out in the group text one of them has a green bubble and we're all upset about it um uh <laughs> Uh, and so I have not died yet, and that is where I'm not able to fully comment on what I have seen to be, like, the the main criticism of this game in some of the reviews that I read was that it's also a roguelike, um, and mm-hmm. part of the way that works is that when you die, uh, you know, like, or fail a scenario, you go back to the start, um, and this isn't a game in which you're getting choices as you are going through the setup again where it's like hey i'm gonna go down a different path like i'm gonna go to a mm. storefront or i'm gonna go to a boss battle like the nor the things we've come to expect for uh roguelikes to sort of like mix up the the notion that you're going through um a lot of content that you've seen before or scenarios that are slightly tweaked the the way it expresses itself here is that the upgrades to health and movement like that allow you to like obviously take more hits move more spaces those are continuous so you are leveling that up as you're completing um, scenarios and that stays constant. Um, what you lose are sort of like the powers and perks that are randomized based on your progression. And so you can upgrade those. And I believe those upgrades for those specific perks will stay over time. Um, but otherwise like finding them, you know, is a, is a roll of the dice and there's a bunch of them. There are like potentially like two dozen that you can get. Um, and the criticism I've seen, and I can already see how this would be true, is that we've kind of like taught, I've talked about this before when I, when I, uh, bump up against like roguelike, roguelite structures in which I think the games would benefit from just being in a, a more like sort of like traditional sort of like uh, straightforward narrative, uh, and level design. This game does not seem to reward or feel rewarding upon like revisiting and like rerunning through, um, mm-hmm. other than hopefully getting sorts of powers that maybe make the individual scenarios feel more dynamic and interesting. Um, like as I'm playing at the moment, I'm, I think what it's like halfway through would be the arc of the game. I don't really, there was like nothing in the combat that made me think what I'd really like to do is like do this all over again. I'm really enjoying what's here, but I would rather it was like 50 hand authored levels that I'm going to spend eight to 10 hours going through rather than being subjected to the idea that, 
Well, when I have a slip up because I just don't have enough health and action points from leveling up to like make it through whatever the game's cap is is going to be, we'll just run through all that stuff again. And so I can't speak to whether like the randomized skills will make that interesting, but I can already see that being a pretty I can see that being an issue for the game on, on subsequent runs. I find it appropriate that the most normal person on this podcast is like, I'm just built different, haven't died in the in the emotional processing video game. I've, I'm what? simply fi- I would simply be built different and 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 successfully dodge all of the dodgeballs and navigate every social situation with perfect grace and precision. But it speaks to if the game. It, I feel like the game should have kicked my ass a little bit more at this point, right? Like the, like purposely, there should be if you're going to. Whenever I've played any of these, right, whether it's, you know, even the the ones that I really like, Hades, Spelunky, uh, most recently Shovel Knight Dig, you die pretty quickly. So the game can explain to you, you don't get attached to any of this. Like you are going you're going to run into uh, like arbitrary or uh, knowledge based ceilings and then you're going to go back to the start and then you're going to have to start fresh. What's happened uh, and I, I saw this sort of like consistent criticism of the game from from other folks. Cause I was trying to figure out if it was just me. It's like, no, you can have like really early on, like a really long run where you're like, I think I'd rather just think I'd, think I'd rather just finish this. Like, let's just keep let's just keep going. Um, and so it, I'll have to report back on 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 whether like how that feels on on the on this the second or third run. But it's like I played the game for two hours. I, I think like a run is probably three to four uh, if done if done like fully through. I feel like I wanted the game to push back on me a little uh, more forcefully at this point to ensure that like I'm understanding like what the what the loop is and how I'm going to engage with it. Do you so currently the games available on Netflix? Yeah. Um, the most known notable ones are Desta and uh, Into the Breach. And I think they just added Oxenfree. I think Oxenfree is also okay. And Oxenfree. Okay, got it. That 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 breaks the pattern that I was noticing, which is that (laughs) it seems like they are. Yeah, this isn't someone at Netflix is just super into tactics games. It's just laundering tactics (laughs) roguelikes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to some sense, that that makes an Oxenfree makes less sense than a like what's going to get you to open the app and engage with the brand is is something that like is re- is repeatable you're like, going to keep coming back to yeah yeah that makes more, like Oxenfree is a more disposable uh but then again Netflix you could argue their entire business model is on rickety uh foundation because it's on that everything is disposable and meant to be consumed as though you're at a buffet as soon as possible and then you search for new content when uh a roguelike is a more like well, things are being like, you know, the traditional release model of a thing a week and you slowly enjoy it over time. So uh, I think there are a couple more games in there, but those are the ones that, that come to mind uh, at, at the moment. And, and Into the Breach, if you haven't played it and you have a Netflix sub, like that's an excellent fucking game um, that is worth we're checking out. And so I think Desta is, I don't know if it's an excellent fucking game, but it's, it's interesting. Um, I really, I like that us two games as a studio, uh, you know, essentially they've done at this point uh assemble with care which is like a really cool like kind of puzzle game where you're like uh, interacting with objects and like kind of flipping and opening things uh you know alba uh and then both monument valley games like it's a real wide range of stuff that they're doing and so the fact that this game even if i think the rogue like roguelite stuff maybe doesn't fit as well or doesn't turn the screws like they have a cute aesthetic and i've, I've to some degree i can almost get the sense that well, boy, we can't be too mean to the player. Look how beautiful and wonderful. And like, also, this character is working out their their issues with the people in their life. 
we can't kill them in the second stage and make them feel like shit. So they can, you know, like to some degree, I wonder if like their aesthetic works against what would be best for the game's challenge curve. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, whether that is true or that is just this is their first time building one of these. And it's not it's not, you know, that comes with its own challenges. But I I give them a lot of credit for taking another like this is not what you would have expected from the the folks that made Alba. Like there's no there's no coherence to the studio's design uh, ethos other than we're going to make cute, charming games that surprise you. Um, And that's a pretty cool ethos in and of itself does seem like there's a missed opportunity for, you know, if you're, if you're not doing well, though, no one says dream dodgeball has to be a healing process. <laughs> like if you get pretty real in there. Yeah, no, it safe. doesn't. Just reboot, like, I mean, like just restart and you can do it better next time. No, like, you know, there are no, there are no choices. Like there's no branching narrative or you choosing. How is this character going to engage with the people they have? you know harm i want to be careful like what you would like what you imply with the word harm because like with like your best friend who is the first character you pick up who then becomes a part of your team and you can have up to three players on the board at once and then as you get further on and unlock more people those become folks with different skill sets that you know you can swap in based on your preferences and the perks you're getting um as you progress uh you know your best friend like but the game implies like well, your dad died. That kind of messed you up. And you just ghosted the person who was your best friend your whole life. And the game's resolution for that is, I mean, we were besties once. Sorry's? Okay, we're besties now. And I'm like, I don't know if that's how, I don't know if that's how I would feel. Like The, the game uh, and it implies that there would be, not darker, but like that it's probably something that should be treated a little more seriously. And it's like pretty flippant about uh, the emotional categories that it's that's that it's playing in. And so I don't think that I mean, it's just sort of under it, it feels a little odd uh, and dissonant um, in, in a way that there could be more done here. And but also, I don't know if that would work against like the roguelike structure. It's like, hey, you really fucked this person up. You caused them serious trauma by the way you just left them. Yeah, you were going through your own shit, but then you just left them behind. Like, not cool. But also, do you want to, like, be reminded of that, like, the seventh time you're going through the game? Like, maybe maybe not. <laughs> the end of the game is you wake up, grab your bags, load them back just in the car. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, th- yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah, there is a dark version of the ending, which is that this character works out all of their issues, works out, quote, their issues with everyone in their life in their subconscious, but never does it out in the real world and goes, I feel great and free. Time to go back to New York City. <laughs> uh, God, I hope that's the ending now. <laughs> well, let, let us know uh, once, once you see it. And it is uh, it's just uh, one last note yeah. is that it's it will leave. uh the Netflix app, like you'll, it is coming to, it's already got a listing on, on Steam and I believe it's coming to Switch uh, later as well. So if uh don't have a Netflix sub, don't want to deal with all that, um, you'll, you'll be able to pick it up elsewhere down the line. Uh, Ren, what Hello. have you been into lately? I uh, played through The fr- the Fridge is Red recently, which is a short horror anthology by Five Word Team. Spooky uh, season is here, baby. Spooky Let's season go. is here. What uh, is the spooky they, season here? Well, Ryan. the spooky season 
Um, the spooky season is here. The spooky season is here competently. <laughs> For context, Five Word is also the team behind 2019 uh, One Bit RTS, which I've been meaning to play for a while. Death Crown. Mm. Uh, that is the team behind Death Crown, mm -hmm. uh, a game people really liked. Uh, and The Fridge is Red is a short horror anthology of like six games, six smaller games, uh, all of which kind of uh, combine to create a full narrative. Um, I like the PSX horror aesthetic a lot. It's, Me too. It's, I'm a big fan of it. I think that low poly 3D um, is extremely evocative and has a real talent. Low poly and low resolution 3D has a real talent for evoking dream spaces. It is such a quick shortcut to making you feel like you are in a world that operates on logics you will never understand uh, or will create logics that, that you do understand and then break them immediately. The fridge is red is great at that. It is excellent at, at making spaces feel appropriately dreamlike. And then it asks you to solve puzzles or get chased by a guy. And you're like, I, I, I truly don't want to be here. Uh, yeah, but they don't make Silent Hill games anymore. And so someone has to include the parts of Silent Hill that no one really likes. I mean, they try to justify them. But like this is right. like, I mean, it's not just Silent Hill. Resident Evil does this as, as well. But this is more, I more closely associate uh, like Resident Evil's as puzzle aesthetic and design is uh goofy but straightforward right it's mm -hmm. like uh find seven animal medallions but you're just finding a medallion and right. just put it, putting it into a thing and then it rotates and you get a shotgun whereas silent hill is esoteric and weird and the logic is loose and not even by dream logic standards it is right. just like this is just this I would nothing. rather look up a walkthrough <laughs> right exactly and that's the problem that the fridge is red finds itself in but when it is operating on dream logic, the game is excellent. The third level uh, takes place in a hospital. Um, and you're going through this hospital. You are trying to get to your wife's hospital room. And to do this, you have to is this navigate. Loss? <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Jesus Christ. Rob. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> it is at times goofy. Um but what you're doing is you're walking through this hospital and they're like, hey, here is how you get to this. Uh, you have to call the oncology department to figure out what your right wife's room is. And you start having to go through sequences of hallway after hallway to find different iterations of these same exact rooms to find uh, the pieces of the um, uh, of the phone number. Um, so you can call the oncology department and be like, what? Hey, what room is my wife in? Uh, and then you go through the hospital. Um, you have to go through this like arcane. It is like it is doing the uh, the Lost Woods thing, uh, the Lost Woods Zelda thing where you are walking through and you have to walk through identical spaces in the right pattern to be able to get mm -hmm. to the end of this of this sequence. Um and you get there, you get to the room finally, and you're like, there she is. And you are told that she's been moved rooms. And it it creates this bureaucratic nightmare that is deeply relatable uh, as someone who's spent a lot of time in hospitals um, uh, as a patient and as, uh, and as visiting family members. It is getting to the core of what makes hospitals unsettling dreamlike spaces and that it is it feels like that they are always one always shifting and two they're always shifting in a place where a lot of people are having the worst day of their life uh and it hits both of those feelings 
excellently. And you are getting this sense of moving through a space that does not operate on a logic that you understand and has no interest in operating on a logic you understand um, because it is this like weird liminal space. And when the game is doing that, it's excellent. When the game is doing evocative imagery in the second level, which takes place in a uh, office building, and you try to press the button on an elevator, and the button pops out, and an eye is staring back at you from where the button was, and then you have to put the button back in to the eye and then press it, that's excellent. It is like, it is unsettling and gross, but in a way that feels earned. Um, I think that like, the second level and third levels use their gore very effectively, which is that it is always used in mundane ways. You go through an office building that is alive and a and a pipe that would normally be venting steam is venting blood. And like it, the game doesn't comment on that. It doesn't try to scare you with that. It is just like the building you are in is alive in a way that you do not understand and that is actively antagonistic to your continued existence. Uh, and those moments are excellent. And that's where the Fridger's Red shines. Where it falls apart is those puzzle mechanics I mentioned earlier, and also its desire to thread a narrative, uh, it, to thread the horror narrative of indie horror games for the last, like, several years, which right. is... It's, it's, hey, Amnesia came out more than 10 years ago. We're approaching 15 years in Amnesia. Uh, the chase stuff was novel then. It does mm-hmm. not every game... Even even Amnesia itself, the most recent uh, sequel, I thought really buckled under its own uh, what used to be really forward thinking approach to horror. Uh, and it has it has been left behind by games that looked at what Amnesia did and said, like, what else can we do in this space? I mean, like these games, I have not played this one. I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to checking it out. Like I'm excited for like the avalanche of spooky season and especially like these low poly horror games that tend to come out around this time, but horror as a genre really struggles with the notion of having confidence in like, what is the player doing? Like, are we okay Mm -hmm. just having them explore a space and tell a story or will the gamers need something to do? And this is something that horror, like from the beginnings of like trying to scare people in video games, uh, usually they go the direction of, well, let's give them a gun and that solves the problem. Like, okay, we can scare them, but then we have solved what is the player doing and how do they feel as though they are satisfied from the player perspective of like they are being something, an arc, something to do as the player. And too many of them like fall back on that when they would be stronger, as you're suggesting, just exist in the space, tell your story and allow the player to direct that experience. Um instead of relying so much on being chased or having puzzles. And also the the other thing is that like tell a story that not everything has to be a metaphor. Like, like, Oh, I'm sorry. Have you, that is like, that is, no, 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 it's just people just love doing the shining again. They're just like, what if a dad sucked? And it's like, yeah, man, what if a dad did suck? That's that's so true. What if you played as a dad who sucked? And 
thank you for thank you for saying that. And it's just that exact narrative of what if there was a father who was absent and then his wife died and then he neglected his child. Yeah. And horror, I think that so much of this like horror is aesthetic first and mm-hmm. everything else second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. And right. I think you're seeing that repeat in just a, a new aesthetic, right? Like this is right. this is such a this is this is what makes this genre such a like love hate thing for me is it gives me so much, uh, but it is so rare to find actual meat on the bone. Um, be, and that's why you end up chasing, like that's what that's what jump scare things like jump scares fill the void on. Mm. Well, we don't have a lot to say here, but ah, <laughs> we got <gotcha>. you. Uh, <laughs> right, and like the the frustrating thing is that like the horror in the fridge is red isn't the horror of the narrative. Like it's not, it doesn't feel like the horror is what the, the, the actions of a bad dad, the horror at its best is the mundane nightmares that people actually have, right? The nightmare of being lost in a hospital, the nightmare of, you know, trying to get out of your office building and dream logic setting in and you can't do it. Right. Those feelings come across as like kind of disconnected from the actual core horror of what if there was a guy who sucked Uh, and it's telling the narrative of a guy who sucks through those things but the actual moment to moment doesn't feel like this conclusion of each story is is creating a narrative uh that feels like a cohesive character arc Mm. uh through like through play and that's a bummer um I like weird horror. I like horror that like commits to odd aesthetics and like quick narratives. And it's, I was really hopeful for the fridge is red and it kind of let me down. Well, also I think at its best being like a tremendous tone piece that reminds me of some of the most frightening days uh, of my life um, and does so like very effectively. Ren, you should play fear. First encounter, Salt Recon. I will, I'll play fear. What I know, if, I know, I know if, fear's wait, whole deal. Yeah. Wait. The, the ghosts. What did you just what, say? First encounter, Assault Recon. Fear. First encounter, Assault Recon. It's a fucking acronym? Yes. First yeah. encounter, Assault Recon. Dude, it's the, the, it's the name of the lies. organization. It's the name of the organization. I know nothing about that game. Sorry. It's just like. You should play it too. If you want to see just like a towering achievement in horror FPS. Is that still going to feel that way? But also. Uh, I, I, also I played a few years ago. It's the, the shooter still feels great. I've heard it holds up. The the acronym kind of kills it. I feel like that doesn't seem right. What doesn't seem right? Say, say, say the say the words again. First, First encounter, encounter assault, assault recon. recon. Assault recon. Like that. Gives me a very different. That does not feel horror game to me. Assault recon, like it feels like I'm oh, playing a Tom. Sorry, no, 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 no. So yeah, so you're breaching and clearing rooms full of ghosts. <laughs> okay. That's well, you get your little oh, machine guns. Oh, I guess I'm sorry. Is that ludicrous to you, <laughs> Kato? No, just there's something about the power of a gun and being like in an FPS mode of play that kind of oh no, I know kills I'm, horror in some sense to me um but no for sure i mean that's kind of the joke is like that mm. is that is game that eventually throws up its hands it's like we're gonna throw the ghosts at your face fast and you just need to shoot them as quickly as possible and uh it's like are you not are you not terrified uh it is the the entire like psychological horror thing that's been building for across the game it's like 
quick, quick, shoot the ghosts as quick as you can. <sighs> um, but ultimately, that too is what if a dad was bad? Listen, I just man, let damn. Hey, uh, people, no hope pe- for me. People who make horror games. Maybe maybe let a woman write one of those from time to time. Just 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 here or there. Let the woman be bad for just, once. Just yeah. <laughs> no. Let it no, be no, her no, fault. No, no. <laughs> Wait, no. This isn't what we're. I don't want to. I don't want to hear. It sounds like we're opening a door to let mommy be bad, and we must <laughs> yeah, not. Let mom, so mommy not. be bad. Stop making. Don't mommy. Stop making games about parents being shitty. Any any other horror <laughs> subject. I'm fucking begging you. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> All right, Uh, so we should take a quick little dip into the question bucket before we go. Uh, Michael G. writes, Dear Waypoint crew, first time in a long time, I have a question for you. If you woke up one day with the eldritch godlike power to infinitely infinitely materialize a single type of baked good, cookies, croissant, bread loaves, etc., what would it be and why? Additionally, how would you use your newfound power? Open a bakery with shockingly cool ovens? Save the world somehow? Thanks for all the great work you do and keeping me at company on long nights under the tepid California moon. Wishing you the best, Michael. Can we just take saving the world off the table so we can make this like I yes. want this to be perp- I want this to be self-indulgent. Okay. So we're not we're not doing we're not doing a global scale low Boring. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. just assume that everyone I want this does to be that. a selfish power. Everyone does that yeah. anyways. What yeah. else? Yeah, there's so, there's the there's someone down the street that said, I'm gonna go solve world hunger with this power. And then the rest of us are allowed to do what we want. Wait, now wait, sorry, I want to get into this with Patrick now. Patrick, what in this situation, what is the what percentage of the world population now has bread powers? Because I feel like that changes my This answer. is like the leftovers, but <laughs> it's like Maybe everyone gets a food power, but like that's the, mm. I don't know. The uh, leftovers. doesn't that solve world hunger on its own just, if everyone has a food power? Because if if a lot of people get the bread powers, I'm not gonna go for a common bread. I listen, baguette Jeff's down the street. Yeah. I got that guy. Like, yeah. like I know, mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. he's already got it covered. What's what's an obscure pastry? Okay, that I, got I, it. Need? I know mine. Rob, hit me. Uh, Danish braid. Uh, it is one of many braided pastries. Uh, it's it's very very good. Uh, and I can make it. It's just very very fussy. Mm. Um, it's it's not even it's not even that fussy. It's just um. Anything uh, croissants sort of fall into the same the same bucket, but uh, anything where you've kind of got to fold in a lot of butter and the thing has to rise, but chilled uh, like over a long period in the fridge, you start running into just like issues of too much traffic in and out of the fridge. You got to be like, nobody, sorry, I need this entire like level of the fridge to be for, to be for this thing. But I must have it because here's the thing where I grew up. uh, This is something so basic. I never imagined it would be regional, but I have not seen it since i left uh chicagoland used to be a ton of places that would serve uh pastries that were really simple they were like uh basically like braided pastries uh topped with like white frosting and chocolate chocolate chips and like crumble really basic thing every supermarket had these Hmm. and they they're so basic i do not know what they're even called that like that's the thing it's just Hmm. it's like something so like it was like this is it's coffee cake. What are you talking about? Like, this is 
It's it's a, it's a little it's a Danish that that you know that we got it's the chocolate chip Danish thing we got. No, that's not like I have not seen it outside the greater Chicago area, and increasingly I do not even see it there anymore because a lot of the like regional grocery chains that like did this have since been bought out by like larger grocery chains uh, that are like national, and they've shut down like the local bakery sections and such. And so I have a a yen for a breakfast treat of my youth that is gone. Like when I go back there, like none of the places that used to serve it are still there. And I don't even have like the word for it because it was a basic (laughs) assumed part of life. Like for 20 years, that was just like walking in a supermarket, get this. And then like in the last 10 years, it's like, where the fuck did this basic thing go? It's not fancy. It's just delicious. So I mean, this is the kind of mundane horror that I wish was more central. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, it means a lot to me because my father brought it back uh, from his <laughs> God damn and shit. even even when he was even when he wasn't happy, it made him happy. Oh uh, my God. And so we all had no. That's like, I mean, it was like it is what he would bring home from the from the pastry runs from the uh, grocery runs. But yeah, it wasn't like the whole family gathered around the chocolate chip pastry. So, so. So we're saying that this is not just literally bread, but it can also be bread that has shit on it or other yeah. things that would make a pastry. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can like because otherwise. Yeah. Like, no, we like because I was like, I would even say. Do we include like. Do we include pizza on this, this list or no. do we draw the line of focaccia? No, we, we I draw think the line of focaccia. Have, focaccia is. is okay. Well, no, but here's like, my question. Oh, please. Cut out. I was just going to say, like, would an eclair count? Is that yes. too far gone? Is no, that where we like? It's a pastry. No, and I, it has to be included because otherwise that would ruin my answer. Yeah. So please proceed, Kato. <laughs> okay. Um. So that's you. You're like no, you're, you're, no, okay. no. Uh, uh, similarly though, uh, me, 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 me. Mm, hold on. Me foy. Uh, also known as a Napoleon, I guess. Uh. Y'all know what these are? They're like these uh, kind of layers of uh, phyllo dough with cream and then more layers. It's called mifoy because it's uh, a thousand um, foy. I think that's just sheets, I believe, of like dough. It's not really oh, a thousand, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah but yeah. it's like a layered dough pastry that I fucking love and is difficult to make and not a lot of places even make them. There was one spot in Florida where we would get these all the time. Uh, and I miss them. So, Kato, again, growing up in the Midwest, uh, or at least grew up in Chicagoland, the thing mm. is, we had a debased version of this that was, like, fucking everywhere. Yeah, a debased like, it wasn't, version. It wasn't as this. Like, uh, was, yeah. is, this, is this crisp and, like, flaky? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. We had, like, thin layers <laughs> and stuff, but, like, uh-huh. it wasn't crisp and flaky. It was more, like, chewy. But, like, mm. this thing existed, like, widespread. <laughs> Uh, and is also kind of a bit the dust. Uh, Amazing. The consolidation of like grocery chains that are just like, here's some donuts that come from the same like factory. <laughs> but yeah, this shit looks great. Yeah. The the most um, buying a book because I think I could be this person type thing is when I bought a book on Austrian pastry recipes. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. And I was like, I could like, and it's like, it's such a serious book. There's like, no pictures it is like a dense yeah it is just a dense like inventory of classic like austrian (laughs) like this is how it's supposed to look like 
<laughs> no, it's just like you for. should fucking know. Uh, it, like there, there are some pictures in places where like it is really important that you know exactly what you're going for. But for the most part, it's like really dry uh, to the point recipes. And it's like for professional kitchens. And so like I realized this is just, so many recipes are just like, well, of course, you have about three pounds of cake crumbs lying mm-hmm. around. They're fresh from your other three cakes pounds? that you're making three every pounds? day. <laughs> this is the thing i was like it's like i think it might be commercial scale but i'm just reading it and i'm like so wait so to make this recipe it's like step one open a popular and successful pastry uh <laughs> like, co- like pastry and coffee shop yeah. step two congratulations now you have unlocked tier two items that's basically it God. <laughs> uh patrick you had an answer uh, i do um I, we have like a, a really good like local donut shop that, you know, does everything from the basics to like, you know, really fancy stuff and uh, everything in between. And I have tried many times, like one of the, you know, I can get stuck in my habits like anything else. And it's like, you go there, especially when I'm taking the kids, like get something different, like branch out. I try different stuff. I'm sure these are fantastic too. And every time I, I, I don't regret what I, got but i just regret that i didn't get the thing that i wanted just like be sad like sometimes in life you just want the thing that you want you love it you like it every time and it's just a really good ass chocolate donut just like basic and what i would want is that probably every morning that would probably be better that would be bad for my gut over the long term but let's say in this hypothetical scenario these are like i can do this every day i'll just start working out more it's fine and i would love every morning next to my first cup of coffee is it's it's a perfect brand new chocolate donut that is like so fresh out that the chocolate is still like sort of like it hasn't settled like mm-hmm. it's it would be a little gooey to yeah. the touch um, because even if you get there and it's clear like it was it's only been sitting out for twenty minutes like it's it's a batch that like because they're running through them especially on a Sunday morning when the churches are coming through and all that stuff like it's about as close as you're gonna get to they just made it but it's still not they just made it yeah. and I would want one of those from. Like one of those places, just like the perfect chocolate donut every morning next to my coffee, warm to the touch when I go into that first bite. Mm, delicious. I have a clarifying question about this yeah. situation. If you say uh, a pastry object, do you get the variations of that object or you do you just get like its platonic form? I feel like you get variations, right? Uh so- Whoa, 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 let me let me let me tell you the kind of variation I'm thinking. You can tell me if it's a no. If you say pretzels, do you also get pretzel bites? Pretzel you're, bites. you're getting a spread of pretzels. You see, you see my you see my point of concern. Yeah. If you get a delicious soft pretzel, do you also get access to pretzel bites? Because yes, I think you got a pit. Yes. He, Rob, you think yes? Yes, but I, I think I have a reason for this. Okay, hit me. Um, if I'm if I'm looking at this correctly, it's the pretzel bite is going to be fabricated for making a small twist of similar dough. Um, I feel like I would allow it on those grounds. Although I guess, although you're just instantiating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Like this is the question. Like also, can you vary the size of the pastry? Yeah, but, like, but Ren. Yes. Are we perhaps just dancing around the fact that you just want pretzel bites and you can top them many different ways and maybe you don't need the pretzel at all? 
But I do love a big pretzel. I know. But a, oh man, but a pretzel. But you can have a savory little... pretzel bite and like and hit like you scratch can... the same itch. And you can get a bunch of them. Yeah. You could. I think I I think that the most efficient food vessel ever constructed is the pretzel cup. Cup of pretzel feels like to me the 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 peak of human efficiency is put pretzels in cup. Walk around, get on that train. You wait in that you wait in Boston South Station and you eat that pret those pretzels out of that cup. Doesn't get Absolutely. better than that. I've, yeah. I've decided it's pretzel bites. It's pretzel bites. I'm I support that. Um, as for what I do with it, I would uh, yeah, I would probably I'd open a place. I'd be, be like, I'll bake other stuff, I'll serve other stuff, but sure, I will like. I also, ever since I saw the uh, No Reservations episode where Bourdain is in Paris and like every morning he's like that episode ends with him doing the morning ritual of like going up to exactly what you described, Patrick, the like, you know, getting there at 6 a.m. Sun coming up, perfect, warm pastry, cup of coffee. And like, that's just how a ton of people are starting their day. I've been like, I want that life. I want it. And you want to give that to people. Yes. In that moment. Yes. But also I would like it for myself. Like, even if it is the end of the shift for me, right. Where it's like, okay, I've been up since two 30, but I'm still getting my 6am coffee and mm-hmm. a donut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like getting a little moment of like solitude and perfection. Like if I have to build the place myself, I will do it. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I'm getting dangerously close to. Uh, a a store in the area that I really like is sort of like, I'm not sure if they're going to stay in business, but like they've got a good concept going. Some stuff's coming up and there's a part of me. It's like, how dangerous is small business loan? How, how dangerous would it be to be like, I'll bet I could run this shit. Yeah. You know, everything I've read about loans and mortgages right now, it's a great time. Like the Mm -hmm. interest rates are, just crushing it. Like, I How think it's is, a good time to have some money. It's cool and normal to do what you're suggesting. Yeah. Uh, I watched the bear. Rob going into Yahoo answers. How is crushing debt formed? <laughs> might, this <laughs> this might be better. Right, uh, I think that's Kiora right now. That might be where you get some. How, that- how do I get the sequel to debt? <laughs> debt? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Rob cruising over to Wall Street bets. All right, if I just put a little in here, then I'll be, feel better about my small business loan. Rob's going to get debt so bad that they have to reinvent debtor's prisons just for him. <laughs> Wait, reinvent? They're going to have to explicitly reinvent debtor's prison just for him. But um, wait, isn't that kind of a thing where like, Small business loans, because they want people out there taking those risks. Like consumer debt, yeah, they fuck Bankruptcy, you. Bankruptcy, baby. Kill you. Like that's not what that's not, that's there for Rob. Right. This is the thing. Like <laughs> Biden Biden took bankruptcy away from people who are not like business like sorry, this is not 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 dark Brandon Biden, but like old uh like <laughs> banker Senator Biden. Uh like fuck definitely off. worked on a bill that sort of made it harder for people to uh discharge consumer debt through the bankruptcy process. But like maybe it's different if you're like I'm going to be a small business owner, the the salt of the earth. Uh, the, Rob, when the I when I get my economy, when I get my settlement from well. Sonos, I'm gonna, I'm ready to invest. All right. So, okay, I think I know what I want to do with my with my powers. 
I want to be the most uh, popular person uh, in the uh, shitty food uh, social space. Uh, I'm talking. I'm talking the train. I am talking. Damn it! <laughs> I'm talking the plane. I am talking a club with too high of a cover charge that doesn't serve food. Can you imagine how quickly you become the most popular person in the room if you are like, everyone is dancing and they're so tired, they get a drink, their tummy hurts, and you're like, what if I told you you could put a pretzel in there to soothe that tummy that you fucked up by dancing? And (laughs) I I can manifest that for you right now. You become the most popular person in the place instantaneously. That is a service I am providing. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Especially like in places where like businesses are shutting down. Like if if there's no more like place without food carts or like like late restaurants. If you're ever in a place where like the bars shut down and people are just on their own, like how do I how do I make this pain go away? Bam, there's Ren. And and also also it's such a good social get out of jail free card because you can instead of having to be like I'm gonna go take a smoke, you're like I'm gonna go instantiate pretzels outside. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I gotta run outside. I'll be back in like ten with pretzels for everybody who that works. I gotta, I gotta go summon pretzels out, out there. If everyone's, if everyone's cool with that, and everyone's like, yeah, please, no, go. And I'm like, oh, thank fucking Christ, I'm so overstimulated. No one talked to me. Can't talk. Got a pretz. Uh, our next email uh, comes from Tyler, Highway Point crew. During the middle of the pandemic, uh, that we're still not somehow, somehow not out of, and not wanting to subject myself to Texas summers running. I bought an exercise bike and planted it in front of my TV. Recently, the only thing getting me through two-hour rides are the misadventures of Oberhof Racing and their stalwart king, Santo Parisi, despite the fact <laughs> I couldn't care less about motorsport. I have two questions. What is your go-to media for forgetting your body is straining, straining itself with exercise? Are there any sports you don't like but enjoy the video game equivalent of or vice versa? Fuck capitalism, go home, Tyler. I don't do all my, my exercise are... I do like three to five mile runs twice a week. And so that's usually podcasts because they sort of fit like 30, 40 minutes that I'll be out there. And otherwise I do like hits, which are either 10 minutes or 20 minutes. And like, those are so physically intensive that you like, there's no like window to to watch anything except like whatever squat or whatever that you're doing. But I know Rob, you've been, you've been doing more of the, the longer, distance like biking stuff so i presume you're putting something on while you're doing that uh yes i am uh so the problem so the, the issue is like attention is weird and this like for instance like when i was like doing more in intensive workouts uh honestly like th- like one of the best things i like one of the best grooves i ever got on was there was like a two-year period where I would just do a workout that's basically timed to uh, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And like the oscillations of that album were like perfect for like a really great set of exercises. And that signaled the end of the workout when the album was more yeah. or less done. Yeah. And like, that's there's cool. some, like, yeah. Incredible. And it, like, it works great. The problem was I burned out on that album and nothing. I was like, <laughs> I, surely I can achieve this effect with playlists. No, not no. quite. Not quite. Um, there, it turns out there is no substitute for all of the lights. Uh, that's, that's, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of what we're up against sometimes. I, I had a similar sort of thing where I, uh, I started doing hits because I've mostly ran for like 10 plus years, like 15 plus years now. And 
it's like, you know, it's a, just straightforward cardio. And so I need to do something else. And when it gets cold out, my wife will like bundle up and go running in, in, in the, you know, in the really cold, um, as long as there is an ice to slip on, but I, I am unwilling to do that. So I, we got a treadmill for indoors and I just can't, part of the reason I run outside is because there's so many distractions, like running indoors. I find myself just staring at the mile marker. Yeah. Like, like let's just get like, and I run so much, a much shorter distance. Cause it reminds me of when I was a kid at like the grocery store and I'm just staring at the clock waiting to, you know, to get to my lunch break or for my shift mm-hmm. to be over. I'll ha- I have a TV in my garage that I can watch and I'll try and put on like some fun, you know, horror documentary or something to distract me for the 30 minutes. And I, it's, it's painful. Like running is the thing that comes easiest to me. And it is though it is the hardest thing I have ever done when I have to do it like on a treadmill indoors as opposed to, you know, out running through a park or something. I, I haven't really, um, done like exercise, uh, like, like long, like long term, I, I exercise, but like long term exercise since moving to New York. Cause I've just been reestablishing my schedule. But before, I mean, my actual like go to, I'm going to go on a two hour walk show was, was formerly waypoint radio. And I'm not <laughs> fucking ever nope. listening to this shit. Again. That shit <laughs> no, I'd rather perish. Uh, and so least, recently, uh, I, the thing is I want to start working out more actively, but the problem is, I, I know what show I would want to listen to, and I know I couldn't do it. I want to listen to Blowback, the uh, Iraq War podcast, and I'm just I that's that's too intensive for my little brain. Uh, <laughs> this while is, I'm trying yes, to this do is the, the other problem is there's a whole tier podcast that it's like, sorry, I can't have it just lurking in the background, the edge no. of consciousness. Like I sort of dip in and dim, dip out. Uh, yeah, that's that's another problem. Um, uh. My, I gotta hear about Charlie's griffs. Sorry, <laughs> I'm like in the other. I'm like on the other side of this. Of like, I require a thing that is specifically directing me <laughs> to to get through exercise. <laughs> like, uh, ring fit at home, but also like for a, for a brief moment, I did that zom- zom- zombies run yeah. app just to try that's to. Run. Okay. That's I used that early when I was trying yeah. to like crack running and pacing and, and breathing. And I, 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 I like you needed, I was like, well, maybe narrative. Right. Will, Something like, to me. like, I, it was, su- it was super useful for like two months. And then it, I kind of got bored with the storytelling. <laughs> it was like, I'm over this, yep, but yep. it really did help me crack like motivation or like, all right, fuck it. I, I will go two more, two more blocks. Right. Right. No, totally. And it was really good for that. But then I like, just have been mostly sticking to like doing ring fit when I can, get it in early in the morning so it's like i I, there's already a thing happening that is why i'm exercising so like i don't have a thing that like goes with it aside from that so grimly so like for recumbent bike days um the i've got my side fallen down a real bad rabbit hole of car youtube uh, I'm like, I'm just Doug DeMuro. <laughs> what have you been playing? What have you been driving lately? Tell me about it. Like, what are tell me about these quirks and features of this car? Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't stop there, right? Like, uh, the, the dude on auto trader, uh, Rory, 
Um, I'm like, yeah, got got to hear about all these amazing cars that are not coming to America uh, because we only buy SUVs and trucks here. Um, it's like, yeah, absolutely. Tempt me with this amazing hatchback that I'll never get to see. Uh, but it's all fun. You know, again, like low, low focus type stuff. That's perfect for, you know, if you're just sort of like pedaling away and just trying to like stay in a certain cardio range, let like way less effective for stuff like weights, uh, which like, at least for me right now requires more of a conscious focus and like thinking about what is the next set. Um, mm. But yeah, so that's that's uh, where I'm at. Uh, sports that I don't like but enjoy the video game equivalent of. Uh, used to be that would probably be baseball, but I kind of like baseball now. Like I loved, <laughs> I, I loved MLB the show, um, and now like, but I also just kind of like baseball now. So uh, that doesn't really work. I guess you know maybe I could try like Ashes Cricket and see what happens. <laughs> I don't really play sports games. That's my cop out. Golf. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I am never going to play. Re- I mean, okay. I do like mini golf. Mini golf is fun. But like golf, golf. Any other mm-hmm. sort of golf. Like I will only ever play video game golf. I will never actually go out and hit a fucking. It would be impossible for me, probably. <laughs> I'm already bad enough at mini golf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta yeah. go to Top Golf. We could just, they alleviate the fact that if you don't hit it that hard uh-huh. uh, or, or get under it, you just, you're up four stories. And so it's still going <laughs> to oh go pretty far. If you've ever Amazing. seen one of those, they're, they're pretty neat. <laughs> the first time I tried to golf, uh, my family wanted me to do golf because it was like a family thing. And they were like, mm. oh, go, go, go golf. Uh, the day one of golfing, I learned that we got the wrong sided clubs for me because I'm ambidextrous. And so we never know which side will be my dominant side until I uh, until I start doing the thing. Uh, and we guessed wrong. And immediately after the first practice, I broke my wrist. That is my, oh. that is my that was my golf experience was literally within hours of finishing my first golf practice for school. I immediately like broke my wrist and I was like this. This Wait. the fates have decreed me. In Not a, a different unrelated manner you broke yes. your wrist yes <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah. no ill portents yeah i <laughs> i kind of knew golfing wasn't for me like when i would uh you know we'd, we'd sneak into a public course before it opened so we didn't have to pay uh and just like do horrible things to the groundskeeping there uh just absolutely Praxis. like monstrous so- sorry about all them divots sorry about uh sorry about that chunk i took out of the fourth fairway uh sorry about all that sand i kicked over the green uh hope everyone has fun today good luck (laughs) i'm driving out here at 6 a.m while the kid is opening the shop pretending that i was like oh i just want to know what time you were opening (laughs) all you gotta do is just like when you make that divot drop a seed in there do some do some do some do some real property damage really really commit to fucking up that golf course (laughs) that's praxis Um, baby and that is a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. <laughs> if you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook and YouTube uh, at Waypoint Vice. You can follow me uh, wrecking the golf course before it opens uh, at Rob Zachney on Twitter. Uh, Kato, where can people follow you? At a underscore Kato underscore appears. Patrick. At Patrick Klubik. Ren. At Ren or Raven. You can also check out what we've published on uh, Waypoint over at waypoint.vice.com. Uh, this week, you can check out 
well, Ren's piece on the fridge is red, uh, sort of talking through that game and uh, getting into some personal experience uh, that sort of informs her experience with the game. Great, great article. Well worth reading. Uh, great compliment to the discussion we had today. Uh, and thanks to Waypoint Plus, uh, Kato and I. Well, Kato, how are you holding up? Uh, you do seem a bit under the weather. Is Oberhof racing today or would yeah. it be a good day for no, All right. It's, it's okay. Oberhof's it's okay. not going to stay in the garage with some tea? No, no, no. We're good. Right. We're good. We're good. I'm getting over uh, so, it. It's all vestigial coughs and sniffles. I'm actually okay. All right. So uh, look <laughs> look out for that on, on uh, twitch.tv uh, slash waypoint. That will have uh, already happened. Yeah, but the VOD will be there. The VOD unless, will be there. Unless but something tomorrow, happens. Tomorrow there's a thing happening. Tomorrow yeah. from when the listeners are listening. Yeah. Yeah. Just exploring a whole bunch of the Steam Next Fest offerings. Is that up? Is it, it's up, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All that's, yeah, all that's happening this morning. <laughs> and, and also, by the time people listen to this, we'll have time. If you want to send in uh, questions for the next sports pod, it's this one's going to be bleak. We got it. Patrick, I think we need to do another vibe check where we pick the rest of the season for the Bears because I think my answers have changed. Uh, okay. I all don't right. think, I don't think, I don't think we're a nine and uh, eight team. But wouldn't it be more fun if we don't change it and we're just forced to live with those? That's true. <laughs> That's true. But so if I, you uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you can. Uh, oh, what is? Let me pull up the the the, the phone number uh, as well. Um, you can either write in to gamingadvice.com, just put the, the 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 subject title sports, put that exclamation mark in there. Really work for it. Um, and uh, if you want to leave a, a voicemail, two two four seven zero seven. One five six one. Uh, we'll be recording that Tuesday night. Can't wait. Good thing we committed to it here, Rob. We knew what we were doing. We knew <laughs> what we were getting into. You forget. You forget for a whole year, and then you just get to experience it all over again. Well, especially there's nothing more dangerous than a than an upset win at the start of a bear season. Yes, that's just that's don't, don't give me hope. I'd rather just. Exist in the abyss. And that abyss is made possible by our Waypoint Plus listeners. Uh, so you'll have the sports podcast uh, to look forward to this week. I think this week we are also recording on uh, John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Uh, so you can send some questions in about that as well. Uh, we might actually read them before we're recording, uh, though the timing will be tight. <laughs> Uh, if that sounds good or you just want more Waypoint you go to waypointplus.com subscribe that gives you access to our premium feed uh, and an ad free version of uh, these podcasts and you're also helping support Waypoint and everything else we do here uh, you can also go a step beyond that uh, and don your and, and, and don your Waypoint merchandise by going to waypointgeneralstore.com our theme music is by Bowen the track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine learn more at waypoint.zone slash BOEN for now we are calling time on this monday recording tuesday show uh we'll talk to you again on friday until then fuck capitalism go home When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.